0: All right, welcome everyone to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I I cover the Bay Area real estate market. We'll talk about any news articles and this is an interactive show. So feel free to let me know if you have any questions or anything that may come up. You can uh, reach out anytime in real time if you're watching this on social media and on YouTube. If you're watching a recording of this, feel free to leave a comment in the comment section. And uh, after we look at the news, we will look at some of the transactions that we have closed this week with some of my clients. I'm always a big fan of sharing the stories of how people found me, how, how we went through the process, because it's important for people to understand and be able to witness themselves the actual journey. And I get to unveil the curtains as to you know what's been going on, because uh, I will do everything I can to ensure this, the process is as smooth as possible. But... Like anything, there is always things that come up. So uh, we can always laugh about it now afterwards, given it's already been closed. And last but not least, we will cover the market update. So we will go over the data so that you can see for yourself where are prices going, where are they likely to go, what is the activity, and what is going on. Let's get going with the news of the week. Facebook says it will expand remote work to all employees. So this was a news posted recently. So in the past, I would say the initial stance was that about 80%, I think, were going to be coming into the office. Now, people can have specific permission, like if they're a, a more senior engineer, uh, different types of uh, uh, employees, or were able to do it. But the majority of people would have come, had to come in at least three days a week. Now, it looks like Facebook has changed that stance. Now, the guidance is that the office is going to be a, a open at least 50% capacity by early September, so that has not changed, and they will reopen fully in October. Until the end of 2021, employees can work as many as 20 business days from another location away from their home area. So it is really interesting. There's a few things I wanna point out for this. A big part of this is that Mark Zuckerberg had decide, had felt that after doing this for the last 15 um, months or so, that they felt the productivity has been pretty good. So they felt they did not actually lose any productivity and that some reported being more productive. What is interesting though, I don't know if it was this particular article. It is this article. So what is interesting is that they will though, so while people will have the ability with permission to be able to work remotely, they must basically still be relatively close to the to the Silicon Valley, which is kind of an interesting stance, right? You would think, that they'll be open to anywhere, but for for that reason, for a reason, they said, "Look, if you're going to be moving away from the Silicon Valley, which they can easily track from your pay stubs and things like that, you will receive a pay cut." So very interesting to see this uh, this this update. So, you know, are they really allowing people to work truly remote? Maybe, perhaps, but at the same time, as you can see, they're still um, wanting people to come back into the office. But it does give more flexibility to a lot more of the population. Now, they did mention there's a few that will not work remotely, which is one that works in hardware. So their Oculus team, which is uh, a massive facility that they have built in the Burlingame area. You may have seen it. uh, It's a beautiful building on the east of 101. You, You must have seen it over and over again. So that is their Oculus building. So those employees will be working in the office. There is no remote work for them. And anybody within, I think the data center team, which makes sense. I mean, they wanna keep that uh, up. So interesting uh, stance to see about Facebook. What are some other news? Amazon shifts return to office stance, says remote work is okay two days a week. Now, Amazon actually had one of the strictest uh, office policies in the past, which is actually beforehand, they were saying that people needed to actually go into the office every day. And that was a very rare thing. Now they actually have loosened it. So now they loosen it to what the others are doing, which is three days a week in the office. Now this is primarily Amazon is based out of Seattle, but they have a big presence out in Silicon Valley as well. So, uh, you know, most of their space, I would say is in Sunnyvale, uh, Northern Sunnyvale, they have some in East Palo Alto, but those places are going to be probably following the same stance. So as you can see, it's been reduced but it's still three days a week in the office. Um, So, But that was a reduction from five days a week. What else is new? Big tech companies resume hunts for Silicon Valley offices. Apple's mega deal in Sunnyvale might be just a start for fresh tech expansion. So there are a lot of big news. As you can see, Facebook has been expanding, uh, launching a real estate expedition expedition lately to scout for as much as 500,000 square feet of space. If to give you an idea, if you translate the Apple lease did about seven hundred thousand square feet. If you did the math, that's about twenty eight hundred to thirty five hundred employees, and most of these are very high paying engineers. Um, so to give you an idea, let's think about this ratio. If you do the ratio, it's about what two hundred square foot per employee. That's that's kind of the benchmark you can use. I know prior to COVID, the benchmark was actually closer to like one twenty five per employee. They really want to consolidate the amount, but now they need more space um, for just more distance altogether. So you're probably looking at, as you can see, uh, at the minimum 200 square foot per employee. So if you look at this, if if Facebook is looking to bring in another 500,000 square feet, you're probably looking at another 2,500 employees for that individual office. The other uh, move is Google is also conducting inquiries recently about significant chunks of office space. In all the prime areas, downtown San Jose, which is next to Google Village, Sunnyvale, which is a massive expansion, Mountain View, they've already you know, pretty much bought everything there. So you can see that a majority of people, or majority of these big tech companies, are still very aggressive in buying space. So it's kind of interesting. On one end, you see the press release, and you see these news. On the other end, you see what they're actually doing from their corporate real estate strategy. Now, at the same time, they probably are doing a mix of both because these companies are still expanding very aggressively. I mean, the amount of people that they're hiring is high. I mean, think about Facebook. Facebook has, I think, over, what is it now? 70,000, maybe even more than 70,000 employees now. It's it's pretty amazing uh, how many people they have. And Google is massive, a couple hundred thousand employees. Apple is pretty massive as well. So you have all these big players continuing to buy in prime real estate location. Prime, right? There's a reason why they're buying in Silicon Valley and they're not buying in the East Bay. I mean, it is what it is. It's very, very clear what they're doing. Tech Titan agrees to sell big office campus in Mountain View. Big developer strikes deal to buy five building complex from tech company. So for those that may be familiar, there's a company called, little company called, in this case, Norton LifeLock, formerly Symantec, which has been a big player. Now, they've been offloading their space for some time now. Um. So, uh, I mean, they've actually, they're very, one of the very few companies that actually own buildings. So they've done a really good job of, you know, even having that in, in, in majority of companies don't actually own space, but given the fact that they own the space, they're gonna sell it off, gain a ton more capital, but then also be able to, um, uh, you know, give it to the next tenant basically. And the next tenant is probably gonna be those same companies that you just saw, big tech. So do not be surprised if Amazon Facebook, Google, um, probably not Apple for this one in Mountain View, but LinkedIn. They are going to be prime candidates to be able to take up all this space potentially at once. So, really big news. Next, Snap. Snapchat, I think they're based actually in LA, signs Palo Alto sublease for enough office space to employ hundreds. Nothing crazy, but it's pretty interesting that the fact is that they had sublease space in Prime Palo Alto on Page Mill Road. Uh, home to all the VCs. And so they are taking over that space. You can see who do they take it over from? Cloudera. Um, they took it over from Cloudera, who is also in that space. Pinterest is also in that space. So kind of interesting strategic location. Now, maybe it's for re- investor relationships. Maybe it's just for top talent that actually lives around the Palo Alto area, given some prime location. You can see even these uh, other companies that are not even based here are still uh, leasing space in these very, very good areas. Next, as San Francisco reopens, rents rise. For any of you that are listening on the show, you tell me if you are considering to rent in San Francisco, do you see it coming up? I have many clients that are moving back to San Francisco and without a doubt, prices have increased and things are going very quickly. So as things have opened up again, not just for companies, but more so the social aspects, uh, people have been moving back. Rent has continued to increase. So for those that had the opportunity to lock in a low rent, good for you. Uh, At the same time, if you're looking to go back in, rents are still lower. But don't be surprised as they continue to rise. And that should be what you should be factoring as well, Um, especially the bigger units. So for example, three bedroom spaces are going to be harder and harder to find versus those that are smaller units. Now this is a concern that I'm telling my clients as well. Home buyers are growing wary of the housing market and they're growing wary for several reasons. One, they may not have the right education. Number two, they may be demoralized. They're seeing all these different headline articles, records broken, tough market, et cetera, et cetera. I'm having these conversations and an honest conversation for the very first time before we even begin to search. And I tell everybody this, you are not negotiating with the seller for most homes. You are negotiating and competing against other people. So when you have that mindset, your mindset should shift. The strategy is not on the desire to sell. The strategy is on what is a competition for that home. Now at the same time, do not get demoralized. Understand the situation. That's why I do all these episodes every week so that you can see it for yourself. There's a completely different trajectory between condos, townhomes, and single family. Do not get that mixed up. Single family example is competitive. We have seen about 25% plus increases within the last five months. So that's a very high, very competitive space. Highly desirable, but keep that in mind. Townhomes, we're looking at about a, a 12% increase since five months ago. So is it competitive? Yes. Is it anywhere close to single family? No, not even close. Half that amount. And if you're buying condo, which is a great option for many people that don't want to compete, it's been flat. Prices have actually been flat for condos. So there is actually very little competition. So keep that in mind. If you're looking to get out of the rental space or get into a home, uh, some of your options. So those are the things to be important of. but I tell them this, like being a buyer in this market is not uh, difficult per se. Uh, but you need to have the right mentality. You need to understand the data, which is why I share with you guys this every week so that you can see where it's going. And if it doesn't work, you either change the parameters, as in you change the city where you're looking at, or you you change the scope from a single family to townhome. There's nothing wrong with starting off with a condo and townhome. That is actually how most people get started with their home ownership goals. It's one, less maintenance. Two, uh, there's just less things to take care of, right? And then it's still better than renting. And then after a few years, you can reassess your situation, whether you rent out that t- that, sing- that condo or you trade it up for another home. So, something to be mindful of as you as you guys go through the journey. If you like this video, be sure to hit that like button. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button as well and hit the notification bell. That way you'll be informed for every new video that I release. I release 2 to 3 videos a week. We're going to move on to the next section now. The next section is about some of the ones that have closed this week. Now, Unfortunately, or fortunately for that agent, that agent is uh, on vacation right now. I think they're in Hawaii, so they haven't actually updated this, but I can already share this because it's closed. Uh, 109 Bramblewood Lane in Pleasant Hill. Congratulations to this amazing family. One of the nicest people that I have ever met. So, uh, in, you know, I'm super lucky whenever I get to help these families that are always so appreciative, always so nice. Now uh, their journey was kind of interesting. They started, I think over seven months ago and their situation is they have a townhome and they outgrew the townhome, especially they have two boys that are growing up, but at the same time, they're all working from home. Both of them work from home all the time. And so, you know, they wanted to trade up that townhome. However, they did not have the capital. Like many people do not have the capital to be able to do the trade up just by funding the show amount, right? Because think about it, when you buy a new home, you need to put at least twenty percent down, typically, for the second home, especially if you own a primary home. Uh, because they own a primary home, there are stricter requirements from a lending perspective. And if you look at this, um, it didn't sell for one two, but let's say it's sold for one two. Twenty percent of this is still you know two hundred and forty thousand, something like that. So you still need two hundred forty thousand dollars down to be able to buy the next home, even though your income may be very very good. At the same time, they wanted to, they knew they were going to sell that home afterwards. So, what were the options? You really had a couple of options. And we were actually going to go through option one. Option one, which is you sell the home, you ask for a rent back so you can still live in the home afterwards. And then you make offers once your home uh, basically is in contract or it closes and you still have many months to find the next home. So, we were actually getting ready to do that. There's pros and cons of that, but we were getting ready to do that. But fortunately, there was also another product, which is a home-like trade-in product. And that allowed them to basically get the capital up front, knowing that they will be selling the house afterwards. So we got this house first. They'll do some small renovations. They'll do some renovations at their townhome. They'll start clearing it out. There's less stress of the move. They'll do that move, and then they will go into uh, the home, and then I will help sell their other home. So that is a very viable option for those that don't have the capital up front or want to buy first before uh, selling the current one. So congratulations to them. I look forward to have lots of barbecues in their backyard because it is a super nice house and in a very, very, very good uh, community out in Pleasant Hill. Congratulations to them. Next, congratulations to my clients. Uh, solo buyer, right? And I don't know how long he's been in uh, working in, in tech, uh, but not very long. But he knew, and his family knew, because they had the conversation. Hey, look, should they keep just uh, staying at home, renting a place, or should they just move that money into homeownership? It actually did not make that much sense to keep renting. The parents did the math; it did not make any sense to keep renting uh, at you know in the Bay Area. Quite frankly, when you can buy a place for seven hundred and forty-five thousand dollars, and this is a pretty cool place. This is actually a loft setup. So it's high ceilings, nice living room space, dining room on the bottom level, and then uh, uh, extra uh, full bath, and uh, basically the living quarters, bedrooms upstairs. So congratulations to them. They he, they actually found me, I think, either online first, maybe through my YouTube channel. And then after a few back and forth, we eventually started touring houses. He started kind of narrowing down, but it was a relatively quick search. It didn't take too long to find uh, this property. And we compete against only about two other offers. I think this was listed at 740 or something like that. Yeah, I was listening at 740, but we got for 745. I know the other offers for this was somewhere close. Some may have like some contingencies, but ours was very strong because we did all the work that we needed to do in, in advance. So we got this pretty pretty simple, quite frankly, it was not difficult to get this property. So congratulations to them. That's the beauty of it. That's the beginning of the journey into homeownership. Just a few years out of school, a few years working can easily qualify for this. Think about this. Do your own math. What do you think a $745,000 purchase would be from a loan perspective? Let me just break this down for you because I think it'll be helpful. Um, I think they have a calculator here. Um, I forgot where the calculator is. Well, uh, I'll just tell you. So, if you put twenty percent down, even you can put ten percent down. You can actually put five percent down for these houses. Actually, if you wanted to, let's say you go super lean, five percent down. So, let's say that's about a seven hundred thousand dollar loan. Seven hundred thousand dollar loan is about uh, about three thousand bucks a month in uh, property uh, in mortgage uh, payments. So that includes interest. So you're looking about three thousand dollars a month in, in terms of expense. And if you look at rental places for this kind of size, you're probably already looking at a little over 2,000 is my guess in this area. So it's not a big divide to get into ownership and then starting getting the benefits of that. So congratulations to them. Really happy, really happy for you guys. And, and hopefully this is the beginning of many, many homes down the road for you and the family. All right, let's uh, wrap things up. As I mentioned, every week I extract the data itself. That way you can see what is going on So let's take a look at San Mateo County. San Mateo County, 212 new listings this week. 163 continued pending. Take a look at these wild numbers. We are already 10 days, 11 days into June. And for these numbers to be this stellar, I've been telling you guys this all along, San Mateo County was the best buy of the last year when everybody thought they would be leaving. If everybody is really leaving, you tell me why this has been such a stellar increase. Tell me why. Give me some reasonings why you think this is happening. It's because a lot of people know, especially those that can afford, as you can see, a median price point of $2.3 million now for single family homes. Excuse me. I'm getting choked up by saying that number because this is a record high number. You can see what's been going on. So... The location continues to be prime, very limited options of future opportunities as well. That's why you see the the enormous growth. I mean, even if June was the same numbers as May, there's been a 25% growth. But if this gets anywhere close to this number, I don't think it'll end at these numbers. I think it'll be less, but still it continues to be a very strong uptick and there's no signs of slowing down. A lot of the offers I know here are still getting 10 plus offers. Still doing very well, so it's no not even close to slowing down. Now, as you see, condos and townhomes, a little bit of a different story. Now, year over year is still higher than it was previously, but as you can see, it has also grown since December-January time frame. Let's take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County, 604 new listings this week. This is a very high number. It was a higher much higher than last week, given it was a long weekend, or at least the last time we did that study. But you can see still 494 contingent pending, so it's still very high rate. Now, look at the the data as well for June already. Still continues to do extremely well, continues to be a pretty stark increase. A little bit less than San Mateo County, but still a very strong number. Still continues to do very well. Condos and townhomes continue to increase um, as people are giving up from single family or they want to say, hey, look, this is a great starter home. Location matters again. Let's go buy a place in Santa Clara County. Let's take a look at Alameda County. Alameda County, 570 new listings, 384 contingent pending. Kevin, that is what's up. (laughs) So Alameda County still does very well. Now, the growth was very strong, I would say, over the last couple of months, but it still continues to increase. And I see that myself. Um, nothing crazy though. You're not seeing monstrous jumps, but it is important to compare this over what has sold more recently. If you compare it with homes that have sold in March or February, then yeah, you're going to see a pretty big tick up. You're probably going to be looking at 15% versus the March and February timeframe. But if you look at the data from April, May, you'd be looking at maybe around 5% change. So be mindful of that. Condos and townhomes, nothing too crazy. You can see it's just a slow, steady pickup nothing alarming there. San Francisco, to wrap up, San Francisco, as I mentioned, people are definitely flocking back. Take a look at single family houses in San Francisco. Look at these trends. These trends are phenomenal. I mean, these actually are some of the highest all throughout the Bay Area. So for those that have still had that stigma of, oh, nobody's going to San Francisco, you can cut that out of your mind because clearly there's a lot of people that are wanting San Francisco single family. Now condos is different, right? Condos have actually year over year is one of the only markets in the entire country outside of New York that has actually either declined or stayed flat. I would say arguably it's still even declined. However, if you look at it over time, it still was higher than December, January timeframe. So it is not dipping anymore. It's just relatively stable than anything else. So there's plenty of people buying. There's also plenty of people selling, but there's not much wiggle room right now. It's a matter of, well, does that property look fine for them? If so, they'll make a move. All right. So that concludes our show. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of our weekly market update. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me direct or leave it in the comments below. I check and answer all of my comments weekly so that i am I be able to help you along with your journey. Enjoy the weekend. I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to leave a five-star review for wherever you have searched for it. And if you wanted to talk about your real estate goals, feel free to reach out at any time. You can email me at spencer at com. Or give me a call or text 408-223-5493. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.